This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Virginia only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 532 3500. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Thank you so very kindly for giving me some of your time. I'm glad you're here. My name is Dan McNeil. The Bet Rivers Podcast Network is handled by the stout and powerful Adam Delavitt, a.k.a. Baby Capone. Sam, don't call me Sony Michelle. Michael is my executive producer, and he's got a really cool podcast coming up and inter- some interviews he's done with high school coaches. It may not be your flavor, but I know there are a lot of coaches who listen to this podcast, like my high school football coach, Dave Shelbourne, an Indiana football hall of famer. He lives in Indianapolis. Sam's got some stuff coming up. I'll get you some information about that. High school coaches are going to love it. I will tease that for you at the end of the show, but you should remember this name, Sam Michael, M-I-C-H-E-L. Find him on Twitter, find him on Facebook. I'll get you more on that later on. If time permits, because I have zero notes in front of me today, other than a um, toll-free number. I'm going to shoot from the hip on this one because it's an emotional story and I don't need notes. I can speak from the heart after many years of experiences in the terrestrial radio world. And for those of you who were fans of the radio show I did between May of 01 and January of 09, the Mac Yurko and Harry show, I know a lot of you are looking forward to, as I have been for a couple months, the 25th anniversary party of the station tomorrow at the House of Blues. That event sold out in minutes. It's going to be a very nice, intimate gathering. I think the the somebody told me, don't hold me to it, but someone told me only 250 seats were available for the function and not surprising to me as popular as Waddle and Sylvie are, as Cap and Hoodie are, as the resident Vulgarian Yurko and Carmen are, that it would move so quickly because that radio station has come enormously uh, in terms of where it fits into the public consciousness in Chicago. It it was it was a rumor, frankly, when Mac Yurko and Harry started in zero one, and it was the most bizarre radio experience of my life and almost 40 years of doing this. And it it almost blew up right out of the shoot. And I'm not going to talk about that stuff tomorrow when I get a half an hour to celebrate the accomplishments of the station first and the show second. What, What I'm most excited about tomorrow is getting together And I should say Friday, because many of you will hear this on Friday, especially all of you who work at ESPN will will be listening to this Friday, which is now today, because you heard some things that I said that I can't say or I really don't want to spend the time. And they're more important, but it's not germane to the event. And the event is a celebration of accomplishment. And I I'm so very proud 
of those guys for a number of reasons and happy for their success. And, uh, and also those who have been gone as long or longer than I have been people who assisted me behind the scenes and made that show what it was and, and made and rolled up their sleeves on a daily basis and exceeded the, and I know when I put into it because I was still disproportionately attached to money and ratings, they put the same thing into it. And I'm talking about Delavitt. I'm talking about Ben Finfer, who was Ben more than anybody who was a producer was a radio's soulmate. There were very few things on which we disagreed. He had a, of course he agreed with me. So that gives him a tremendous understanding of a business beyond his years of experience. Right. But we, we clash so very rarely and working with him and watching his development, making audio come to life on a radio show, bringing talk radio to its fulcrum with sound and with splashy production that I I loved being a radio producer, which is the lowest form of celebrity on the planet. Um, One step above it is the host of a sports talk radio show. You know, we're a big little town in Chicago after athletes, the, the second level celebrity our media, and it begins, or at least it began in a network television era where people didn't have the news on their phones with the talk, with the people who anchor the 10 o'clock news, the six and the 10, the Ron Majors and Carol Marines, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's so many of them over the years, Bill Curtis, you know the names. Those were the celebrities who weren't um, breaking sweats on athletic surfaces. And then you get to the real stars of radio in the 80s with the gang from The Loop and uh, Steve Dahl, Gary Meyer, Jonathan Brandmeyer, and Kevin Matthews. I mean, that's, that is the murderer's row of talk radio. And they're a step down from the television personalities, people you came in your homes every day to tell you what, burning, what building was burning or which politician isn't removing snow, like Michael Bolandic and how he lost his, his mayoral office after the blizzard of 79. By the way, quick quick departure on the blizzard of 79. My Plymouth wasn't running. I had a universal joint that was blown out. It would start and get warm, but it couldn't move. I couldn't get the transmission. That's what a U joint is, I learned. And I never, I had a different joint in mind and we sparked and we got the car warm in front of my house on O'Day Drive, some high school buddies, and we blazed. And that's how we spent uh, one of those nights while Michael Bolandic was losing his job. But anyway, I digress. I'm doing my very best Bruce Wolf here. Below the real giants of talk, maybe are the sports talk show hosts. Certainly that came into play when the score was born in 92 and Mike North shot out of the gate like a rocket. Don't ever say secretariat. He busted out of the gate like secretariat. Secretariat started slow at the Derby in 1973. Did you know that? And did you know that the quarter pole is not the quarter pole. Chris Berman never figured that out, even when I had somebody slip a note to him that he's using the quarter pole incorrectly. But the sports talkers became huge celebrities, largely because of the success of the sports teams. The Bulls won six titles in the 90s when sports radio was in its infancy. In 05, the White Sox won a championship. The Blackhawks won three Stanley Cups, 10, 13, and 15. 
And what that provided for us mini celebs was a chance to bring people in who otherwise had been casual fans. And maybe a, a woman who has no interest in hockey until, you know, there were parties. And, and that's cool. I don't, I'm not be great, but maybe she hears the parody Hosa on the McNeil and Spiegel show, a parody to the old kink song, Lola. And she says, man, I may check out sports radio. The team's success were the impetus behind sports talks popularity. And it, it was very fortuitous for a lot of us who were in that window when sports talk was arriving to, to have that chance to make more money and to chase the fame and all of the holes were filling for various reasons. I know what mine were. It's not pertinent here, but guys get emotional in sports talk radio. It is inevitable. The guys behind the scenes argue with each other because they're hanging on to that little bit of life in their career. They don't have dental insurance, but they're stopping to take pictures uh, with fans at the Sox Park or the United Center. I never can remember the name of that sponsor. I once called it Progressive Rate Field. And uh, my uh, terrestrial partner these days, Vandy, says that would be a bad name for an insurance company, Progressive Rate Field. I think I'll keep going with that. Sox Park, they sign autographs, they take pictures, and ultimately they're wondering why, you know, how they're going to make up for two overdue car payments. Those guys who bang away in the studios and book guests and work 10 hours, 12 hours a day. And uh, for low end money and their careers sometimes are on life support and they're staring at, do I keep doing this when terrestrial radio is clearly very injured by technology, a pandemic and, and some restrictions that make it a little less fraternity house, fraternity houseian, house seal. Anyway, those guys they got to make a decision. What am I going to do? Am I going to hang in this or am I going to go get a real estate license and try to make a living, you know, or do what I did when the jukebox stopped playing my song, go sell Fords, try to learn how to sell Fords. And that's a problem too. There's a chip shortage in case you didn't know. And Ford wasn't me. They had lots and lots of vehicles. They couldn't do anything with because there was a chip shortage. That's that has crushed the American auto industry for the last several years. There were no cars to sell. People don't go shop. I would have loved to have been in the car business in the 80s when guys were tossing customers off the showroom floor if they stalled. That was when people visited five dealerships before they decided. When I was at Webb Ford in Highland in 2017, the the statistic was estimated to be 1.6 store visits before making a decision it's because people go online and price shop and it's 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 injured a business like the internet has injured a ton of businesses a car business car business is a sports radio station without microphones and headsets it was one of the most exhilarating atmospheres i ever worked in i just was making less money than a bartender and then the score called me and i took a job that didn't work out but espn radio and the mac yurko and harry show almost blew up before it started and immediately there was infighting. I was at the epicenter of it, if I'm using that correctly. I, I had I had a problem with 
a three-man show initially. I didn't really want Harry Tynowitz. I didn't want anybody in a three-man show. I thought if two guys were prepared appropriately, and the second guy is John Yurkovich, Yurko, go to number 64, we don't need a third guy. And I, I also, you know, was not happy with some things Harry did in the early days with discipline. 12.30 meeting starts. Well, let's start them at 12.30. That was a problem chronically, um, not paying attention to when a microphone is on or off. That led to an argument at game four of the 0-5 World Series that stopped batting practice. I'm shouting. We're shouting at each other in the press box while we're doing our show before game four. We're going to have Jeff Blum on, who hit the duck hook that cleared the wall to end the longest series game you know, ever the night before. And batting practice stops. There's 300 people around the cage, and they're looking up to the Mac Yurko and Harry booth, the Sox radio booth, and they're shouting at the top of their lungs. Milo Hamilton, the ex-Cubs announcer, says in the hallway, now you know why I left Chicago. Yeah, that and Harry kicked your ass out. <laughs> that was part of it, too. So the, Harry and I were the ones who had the reputation of butting heads at every opportunity, and we earned that reputation. We were constantly fighting on the air. Kiss my ass, Harry. Kiss my sack, Mac. Hey, that rhymes. Uh, There's two weeks in the box for both of us. Management at ESPN, which was owned by Disney at the time, was very quick to suspend us. Penalty box time. The result of that was, my friend, a net positive. It built up interest in the show. My wife, Sherry, who was not a consumer of sports radio at any point in her life prior to our courtship beginning in zero, late zero three, but really more in zero four, listened to sports radio for 12 months and reached the conclusion that when it's at its best, sports radio is soap opera for men. That couldn't be said better. And I, I was, I evidenced it recently when I heard Mark Silverman absolutely assassinating David Kaplan, and I loved it because he shouted too much. I, the points are made more firmly when we don't shout. I, I, I was looking at the mirror of me at Sylvie's age when I was listening to him, and I'm thinking, man, I, I've seen this movie, I've starred in this movie. There has never been a guy more determined at that point in my life. Before I got to work with Parkins, I'd never seen a guy more determined to get to the top of the mountain than Mark Silverman. And what he did the other day with Kaplan, and I can't wait to talk to them if I get time tomorrow to do it. They're going to be busy. I, there's a lot of people. I, I want to talk to, um, I, I want to tell him, you know, I, I loaned him a book in zero eight that helped me get rid of some of that. I know this is a little more existential than guys who love point spreads and pucks want to discuss, but it was about dealing with failure and why we're, and I didn't even say what I thought might apply to him. What, cause what applied to me the most as a chaser of quasi fame probably is related to what he was chasing. And I'm happy to see his success. He has survived cancer. He has started a family and uh, I'm happy for him. And uh, it just reminded me so much of him, but Harry and I were the guys who were the poster boys for unrest among the staff. It's true. What you didn't know is that 
when we were traveling and no show I ever had a relationship with shot around the country like a rock band than Mac Yurko and Harry, we were the first guys who wanted to see each other after we unpacked and uh, took a breath. Harry was not deterred by 9-11. He was the show mule. Yurko wasn't a gongist. I was a gongist, but I sure as F wasn't flying it. So I quickly ran to see Harry, and I enjoyed his company at dinner. He had manners. He taught me how to remember the names of people in the service industry by making an association. It was a valuable sales tool. Say the name out loud. If he tells you he went to Ohio State, guess what? At the end of the conversation, you call him Buckeye Bob. You learn how to make people feel good. He earned the nickname Happy Harry, and I appreciated that. But when the damn lights went on and we struck each other's, you know, sensitive areas, we couldn't stop ourselves. We were both practicing addicts at the time. That's a bad combination. That's a cocktail that's going to blow up. And it did. And it was public. And it was chronic. And there were four-week suspensions. Yurko even dipped his toes in the human uh, resources department waters. He got three weeks for something. A little exchange on the air between the three of us. I got two weeks. Harry got one week. Why did Yurko get more? Because of how he comported himself in a conference call with ESPN human resources people. And he was talking about this recently on the air. You know, you don't need to know what came out of his mouth. Assume the worst to do in in a room like that. And it was, it was all the time. It was, there was always something that was upsetting somebody. And the more we succeeded, the more we fought. That was part of the disease, King baby disease, as we call it in the rooms. I'm on to the next thing. Okay. Slay a dragon, you know, celebrate. And then the next day, you know, how can we get on top of the mountain to get noticed more? And the best sports talk show hosts do what the great stars of the loop did. They make themselves part of the story. They curry relationships, curry favor with athletes and get them in studio. Athletes want to be on the air with you when you're having fun on the radio, which Tyna which taught me two years into me being so obsessed with shoving it up the scores buttocks because of the way things went down at the end. And I also had a hard on for the bears. I was going to, you know, I'm going to fry Ted Phillips, you know, for things that happened during the Dave McGinnis botched hire of 99 and broke stories on the Mac. We sucked the first two years. We're all over the map, but we broke some stories three days after Jerry Angelo was hired. My unimpeachable sources said, Mac, when he hires his next head coach after they're done with Dick Jerron, the first guy he's going to see is Nick Saban. I reported that. I don't know if anybody remembers because we weren't, we didn't have listeners in 01 when Angelo was hired. So after Dick Jerron gets canned, I'm getting off topic, but this is good stuff. I think Bears fans, you might like this. After Dick Jerron gets canned, I find out how it's going with the job with the next head coach. And I learn Saban almost came over the table 
at, at the Bears boss. And I, I'm going to stop there, but it's it, it just we we broke stories no one knew. What they remembered initially was the conflict. It wasn't just Harry and me. It was everybody. It was Yurko and me. That was the first shouting match. After, what, eight months, nine months, you know, listener trip planned to Florida. We're going to do the double dip. We're going to go to Gainesville on a Saturday night, catch the Gators and Seminoles. Thank you, Shane Matthews, for the tickets. Sunday, we're checking out the Bears and Bucks at Outback at the time, I think. Um Maybe that was just a sponsor. And it's not important. It was a 3.30 kick, so that was good. We could sleep. We got home at 4 o'clock in the morning, and Yurko, the sober one, almost killed us because he's a maniac behind the wheel. Oh, where was I going with this? I have a tendency to drift in my dotage. But uh, the show made news, and behind the scenes, there was fighting among all of us. Producers fought each other. Sides were chosen. When the money got higher and we continued to work as hard as as we did, um, you know, there was Yurko held up a bonus check in the light of the window that one of the producers saw and got to Harry, and that started shit. And then when we had a first place ratings book finish in the twenty five to fifty four, I I I, divide, I I gave the producers a good chunk of my rather bloated bonus, frankly to thank them for their work and to keep them loyal to the show because Adam and Ben and Scott Bertram and others who worked on it made it what it was behind the scenes. I've walked in those headphones, man. I know what it takes to be a producer. I had one ego-driven host in the 80s, in 90 and 91, Copic. These guys had three. And even though Yurko was the only sober mind in the room, he was a guy, he had a long fuse, but once you lit Mount St. Yurko, it was ugly. And it was ugly between those two. It was in Boston. And, you know, Harry makes a comment to me in Boston, one of, I think, three or four trips we did to the Bean. And um, I took my little brother, Mike, on the trip. And he says, good to hang with you, Mike. You're the happy McNeil. And it, 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 kind, of, it kind of stung because it was accurate. Two hours later, in the same bar you saw in the town with the guy, the bartender who was really ruddy complected and there's a lobster hanging from the ceiling. And uh, I love the town. One of my favorite Boston movies, same bar. We were in that bar and Harry and anger swipes at Yurko's hat on his head, clips him on the forehead with the backhand. Yurko's head hat goes flying and they had to be separated. That wouldn't have gone well for either of them. One more immediately than the other. So it was chronic, but it became such a freak show, people couldn't take their eyes and ears off of it. It accomplished more than any afternoon show had done previously in a sports radio format. And since, it, no, no afternoon show at either Sports Yapper has done what that show did. I must point out that Mike Mulligan whether he was paired with Brian Hanley or David Haw in recent years, blew by the Mac Yurko and Harry show a long time ago in terms of trophies claimed. Number one finishes. Uh, top five finishes in the adult male. Mully's show is the most successful show from a rating standpoint in Chicago sports talk history. You don't have to like it. It's a fact. 
Um, so where I want to go with this is where we are today, many years after the fact, and why tomorrow is, is, is important to me more than anything. I've spent some time with, with Harry on the phone and across the table at Walker's Pancake House in Evanston three months ago. And some of you know Harry's not well. The people who know Harry and know he's not well have not really gotten the gravity of how unwell he is right now. I've tried to be very direct without being maudlin in text exchanges and phone calls. And the guy I used to duel with publicly and all the time has had only that guy, me, in many cases, to try to guide him through what's been the most horrible time in his life. He had heart valve transplant surgery recently. It was postponed because he had a platelets issue. And he knew that after that, there was a much bigger obstacle, and it's called liver transplant surgery. I know very little about liver transplants. I was, it's not been as much of a practice in America and Chicago, interestingly, because we're in a great medical town in Chicago, was slower than other American cities and the world was ahead of us too with liver transplants. Harry had two people try to donate half of their liver. There are a lot of things that have to, boxes need to be checked. You have to be under 50. They would prefer you be even younger than that. You have to have a healthy liver. It has to match from a from a physical standpoint. I won't bore you with what I've learned about it, but it's not easy to find a match, and it's not easy to get somebody to say, hey, you, what are you doing with half of your liver? Do you mind if I have half of your liver? And in Harry's case, people know that he's part of the reason his liver is shot, and it is shot. I can't get that through to some people who love Harry. And I know this sounds hypocritical because I was the one who sometimes in a very mean-spirited manner in front of a microphone abused him. I'm not that same guy anymore. And I'm not I'm also not going to preach. I'm not there's nothing worse than a born-again sinner. Um I'm not proud of my behaviors with Harry and many others. But I look at what made that man, you know, popular and what, you know, producers may have agreed with me in theory because, you know, they got tired of tardiness. They got tired of production meetings that didn't end forever. And at the World Series, when the fifth mistake in the first 45 minutes is Harry not having his microphone on? We got an engineer, a Renan engineer, who's got ice cream dripping down his chin, and he's not watching the levels on a board. And it's game four of the World Series. And and I, I that's what prompted the shouting match. But, you know, how I handled it was horrible. The problem was seen by everybody, but I lost the room because of the way I handled it. And I was totally mindful of the gifts Tynowitz had. I, I'm not, you know, Samuel L. Jackson and Jackie Brown. I may be dumb, but I ain't no dumbass. That's me. Um, I knew what I was doing and I neglected it, but I, I also knew the positives. And that's why I ran with Harry and respected him. We, we had way more in common than Yurko and I did. Musically, movies, 
Yurko is musically bankrupt with the exception of Warren Zevon. I shouldn't say that. Yurko likes a few good things. We spent a lot of miles behind the windshield together. Um, Harry needs a liver. It's critical. He gets a liver soon. Um, It's not easy to get a liver and he's terrified and he's, he's hurt and he's in many ways on an Island right now. His son, Reggie is, 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 is a late teenager. Reggie, and Reggie's been taking care of dad a lot to his credit, but he's also got to be a teenager. And Harry knows that there are other things that are Harry's business. If he wants to talk about it tomorrow, some other things that have clipped his wings in recent years, that's up to him. I'm telling you about a man needing a liver and needing it. Now I can't be more clear to my ESPN friends, my score friends, my loop friends, my our listeners over the years. He needs our help. I'm going to give you a telephone number in a minute because some of you, well, you all know how to use the internet and I'm the most technologically, well, not the most, but you know how to use a website. You're listening to a freaking podcast. University of Chicago Medicine is one of the first ones that popped up for local donations. If you're under 50, if you're willing to give it a shot, Harry needs half of your liver. If you know somebody who loved Harry, his work, his spirit, ask him to consider. The number to call is 1-800-824-0200. 1-800-824-0200. This was a very selfish podcast today. I'm sorry for that. I'm not sorry for its intention. Mackie, there's justification again. The road to hell is paved by a million good intentions. It truly is. This is hopefully not that. This is trying to help a guy who really needs it. one 800 You don't have to write it down. You know how to use the internet. Search organ transplants, organ donations, and you will find a way to get involved. Or if somebody wants to get involved, if somebody has a healthy liver, but is, is terminal. That's, that's a way to give a gift to a guy who spent a lot of his life flawed as that MF or was to make others happy. He lived to make people laugh. And I'm hoping tomorrow he feels a lot better than he did Monday. When we talked, I thought for sure Monday there wasn't a snowball's chance he would be able to maybe even be on a Zoom. And uh, boy, he sounded he sounded great last night. I'm sorry. I've got my headphones tuned up and I hear the the bell for email. You don't. Yes, it's an AOL bell. I refuse to give up some things about my dinosaurish existence. Um. All right, I, I I don't know what much more I can say. I'm going to give this a real sloppy conclusion here because I can let go of perfection and the need to be perfect, which was part of the malignancy that caused a lot of those fights, and I don't deny a bit of it. Uh, help Harry out if you can. Um, I'm going to do more sports on Monday. We have Sweet 16 basketball is Michigan State Michigan State going to give Midwesterners something to root for for Final Four weekend? I mean, that's what we got in Chicago. 
the kitty cats are not going to go prowling. Boy, oh boy, they make a tournament and parades happen in Chicago. Most under-discussed disappointment because no one gives a damn about Northwestern football or basketball. They, they care about Northwestern football, which has accomplished a ton more remarkably because you need, I hate remarkably, anything's remarkable, even if it's bad. Pat, you know, you got to have 15, 20 studs to bab a football. But Gary Barnett found him and then Randy Walker took him and did good things and Pat Fitzgerald's been doing it forever too. Northwestern basketball. All right. It's college basketball on Monday. Enough babble about Chicago. Um, and for those of you who might be interested in hearing Sam Michaels podcast, and, and I, I don't know if it technically could be called a podcast. Sam's a Sam's a 30 year old in a 60 year old's spirit. He loves terrestrial radio. But Sam Michael, M-I-C-H-E-L, a local coach in Northwest Indiana who I knew, Dave Malosnik, recently retiring. It's a great podcast on how coaching at the high school level has changed and how difficult it is to maintain continuity on a staff. There's an example locally of a very good program that is plucking the best coaches in the area, assistant coaches, head coaches, successful head coaches who want to hitch their wagon to him because he's an awesome head coach. That's Craig Bazia at Crown Point. I played against him in high school. He is the most successful one of the, and he travels around. I mean, he's been to Portage. He's been, HF paid him a ton of money, Homewood Flossmore Country Club High across the line. And that paved the way for him to become the king of Crown Point High School. They got a new weight room and they, they got a budget and he can get the best coaches. It's changed the way the lowest level high school programs have to run what they do. And I, I'm not criticizing it. Take what you can get. I applaud it, but it has made it very difficult for coaches at that level to prosper. And if if this topic is appealing to you, find Sam Michael, uh, who is my executive producer and a great co-host when Vandy's not there or in the case of tomorrow when I'm not there. Sam Michael on Twitter. He thinks it's at Sam Michael, M-I-C-H-E-L, like Sony Michelle. Um <laughs> I've had to force him to do Twitter. How about that for role reversal? Baby boomer and millennial. Sam, you need to be on Twitter. I know it's a cesspool. I don't like it either, but you got to start promoting your stuff. So he's doing that. You'll find him on Twitter. Look for the Jed TV and WJOB package. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for letting me be a little selfish today. I, I, I hope this did some good and I hope it, it was fun. Although sad in some ways for those of you who are longtime ESPN, tomorrow is going to be a party. Tomorrow is about the brotherhood. We're a weird bunch. I almost swore. I can on a podcast, but I won't. Um, that way, anyway. Um, it's it's an incredibly bizarre industry, and good people do bad things, and bad people do a lot of good things. And it's just stick around long enough and you will put someone's, you will feel someone's blade in your side and you will put one in someone else's too. And it's tragedy of it. It's how egos are. Anyway, I've got a party in tomorrow. A lot, a lot of cheers. Jay Cutler is supposed to be at the house of blues tomorrow. He's supposed to be there at four o'clock. And my position is one to one thirty. 
with Yurko and Carmen and probably Harry. Happy Harry in the house. And he and I have been working on parodies. I need a liver that won't drive me crazy. He's got a Springsteen riff, something from the river. We always differed on the divinity of Bruce Springsteen. I say poser. He says God. Thanks for listening. Hope you're with us tomorrow at the House of Blues or listening on ESPN 1000. My name is Dan McNeil. Thanks for listening to the Danny Mac Podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. 